This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. When I became an actual Thrivent member, and I did so through uh, getting life insurance, which is the foundation in the financial pyramid, that I was drawn to Thrivent to begin with because of just, you know, a, a, a chance meeting, if you will. I still challenge you to look for a financial advisor that's, they have t-shirts printed that say, live generously, or at least that sentiment. And I'm not saying they're not out there. I'm right. just saying- Oh, they are out there, for you, sure, in other companies. There but- is few uh, Fortune 500 companies with over 100 years of, uh, of experience serving uh, members that say that. Right. It, it, there's not somebody, some family somewhere- getting more and more wealthy over over time because of you know it's not like it's the Rockefeller right. or and whatever it, right so and it's not just a motto tom it's it's not a slogan it's um it's it's a it's a core value and that's what right. ultimately drew me in right and and there are other advisors in other companies who are very good and do very good work for their clients and who have that as a core value mm-hmm. it it may not be their company's core value but it's theirs, and that's right. that's really a great thing. And if maybe God's given you an opportunity for a change, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, having an opportunity to work with Thrivent today. But I wanted to start with when I became a Thrivent member, I got this set of blocks. Now, uh, just for a visual, if you can imagine about the size and shape of you know those little ABC one two three blocks you had as a toddler. I, do, I remember those, sure. Well, I this threw is my, I threw them at my brother. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I'd have had a brother or sister, that's probably <laughs> and my sister. Too. I always say that I'm an only child because of God's grace on whoever <laughs> would have been a sibling. There you go. Uh, but there's four blocks, and the first block, I'm, I'm just going to describe all of them, and then I'm going to have you, Peter. By the way, walk by the way, Tom, every parent knows about these blocks because at two in the morning they've always <laughs> stepped on them stepped when on. back in the 70s. <laughs> now it's now what? it's the little Legos, but what? in the 70s it was these little blocks. Yeah, and the Legos. Of, I don't know if they're worse because they're sharper, but at least For they're sure. smaller. These are these are horrible. But it, the it, the rack says, "Ask me about the thriving story." There's a cross plus a dollar sign plus heart equal. And then smiling faces, three smiling faces on the end. So tell me about what that really means from the Thrivent standpoint. Yeah, from the Thrivent standpoint, we're an organization of Christians, um, all kinds of Christians from various different denominations, various different um, corner churches. Uh, we are an organization of Christians who believe that um, we want to change the conversation about money. And we want to make sure that money is, is not the end, but a tool to a greater end, which is the heart, which is generosity, so that the world is changed. Mm-hmm. And we do believe, and, and our CEO said this, and I've said it before on the radio, um, our CEO said a couple of years ago to, to us in a gathering that if Christians had a wise relationship with money, and if Americans had a wise relationship with money, we could change the world. We literally could. Literally. And that's the reason, even on a smaller scale, think about your smaller church. 
as an example. As an example. I know where you're going with this. Go. You, you quite literally, you get them being wise with money and then having the opportunity to live generously. Wow. Talk about attracting people to you. You want to you wanna make the gospel attractive to an unsaved world? Sure. Sure. Get your finances in order. Right. I, I mean, I don't mean, right. I'm not taking away from the gospel. I'm just saying, if you want to put a Jesus big, talked about money more than he talked about anything, right? Yeah. And and Martin Luther said it, that the easiest thing for God to get was the head, hmm. then the heart, and the most difficult thing? Pocketbook. The pocketbook. Yeah. The wallet. Because it it is a true representation of, of what you surrender to and what you ultimately trust in. You know what's on the dollar bill mm-hmm. and in our coins, and who do we trust? kind of interesting to me. It's in God we trust. Right. We on our have coins. to. But it's on our coins, and yet it's the most difficult thing to let go of mm-hmm. and give to God. Security. Sure. I mean, it, right? It, 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 it's, it's about security. Sure, security and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who do we ultimately trust? Do we trust God or do we trust a coin hmm. to bring us security in life? And it's interesting that it's on our coins. Is there somebody listening right now that's going, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm there. I'm there. I've been there. I, I've been there. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm I sure. got just, just getting yeah. ready to say that, and I'm yeah. sure I'll be you there. You never completely arrive. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're on a journey. I know it was, I don't know, a month ago, month and a half ago, washer, not a planned expense. All of a sudden, bang, flooding our condo, the condo below us. Oh, I saw that. You posted that on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, now I'm... I'm an advocate for B&B Appliance because they helped me with a good there you go. uh, a good thing. But I had the fine, you know what I'm saying? I had the ability. It wasn't a, a stressor that it could have been. Correct. Because you, you planned for it. Right. I have some reserves. It. You planned for it. Right. You planned for uh, the certainty of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? Good point. You have certainty in uncertainty, and you've got a plan for uncertainty in your life. And that's what financial advising is all about, is helping and, our clients plan for the uncertainty and to be certain in it. Now, interestingly sense? enough, it, it makes a lot of sense. And interestingly enough, because we have a plan, we also have a dishwasher that doesn't work that we don't, we haven't replaced mm-hmm. because we didn't feel like it didn't. Yeah. It's like we went and bought a, a drying rack for our dishes. There you go. One of those old ones, the yeah. wood ones Uh huh. that kind of like, yep. Yeah. It's and like an X. So, for a year or more, we've just been washing dishes by, and it's been fine. You know what I'm saying? So and you it's save like, water, and, and it's not like I don't have the money to go buy a washing machine. It's right. just like there's other things we would rather do with the funds we have available. Well, there's there's a difference between needs and wants, right? Mm. You want a dishwasher, yeah. but do you need one? Okay, mm, I don't think um, so. there's a, there's a difference between fixed expenses mm-hmm. and emotionally fixed expenses. Okay. Do you know the difference? I don't. So a fixed expense. Do you have a mortgage? I do. It's a fixed expense, right? Yes. Do you have a utility bill. I do. It's fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a life insurance premium? Yes. It's a fixed expense, right? Um, do you have a cable bill? Yes. Do you have to have that? No. It's emotionally fixed. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you don't get rid of the, all the emotionally fixed expenses in your house. Otherwise, wow. Then it becomes a prison. Right. I like football. I mm-hmm. like baseball. Um, but you have to look at fixed expenses versus emotionally fixed expenses. Those things that we think we have to have in order to live, which we really don't. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like a dishwasher. Right. Very much of a convenience. For five kids growing up, six kids, when I was a kid, we had six kids. Yeah. A dishwasher, when that came into the house in the 70s, it was a big, huge change. Yeah. 
you know, because we had a schedule on our fridge of who was doing the dishes. <laughs> but when that came. And it was a battle, I'm sure. It, oh, it was. There were six of us. <laughs> All sure, the yeah, time. Yeah. 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 So maybe you are already in the financial uh, services industry and you would like to have a company to work for that literally says live generously. How would you like to be able to go to your clients and your whoever you're working with and help them change our culture from their own home, from their own starting point? Uh, or maybe you... I don't, do you need to be good with numbers? I mean, what no, is a, what is no, qualifications? No, for? that's a, that's a really good question, Tom. Do you need to be good with numbers? A lot of people say that. Um, I wasn't. I was a financial advisor before I became into this marketing role. Um, I wasn't good with numbers. Um, I was good with people. I was intuitive. Um, I let people speak. I trusted what they had to say. I I did what they asked me to do. Um, I didn't sell them things that they didn't need. Uh, that's a key. I, I filled their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do that, then you can do this career. Um, you also have to be able to build a business. You have to be able to go out and um, uh, build a marketplace, uh, build clients, build a book of business. Um, it's it's that person who, look, this is the way I look at it. You have to have empathy mm. to care for people, and you have to be confident in who you are. Um, you could also look at it this way, that we're looking for people who have the heart of a social worker mm. and the mind of a capitalist. Hmm. People who want to help people and people who want to build a business. Yeah. In my uh, work to be able to express here on the radio, Thriving Story, the best way possible, I actually took the exams that are given to all. Oh, the assessments. Um, all yeah, the possible, profile. Right. Yeah, you passed it. And You would be good at this job. But That's what are, it came out. What are my qualities? Right. I do care. Yeah. Uh, for and you're others. confident. And, and I know where my security lies, I there think. I think those are probably the two right. biggest keys. Right. And I have good communication skills, at least I hope I do. And you have good connections, and you have good network, and you have a good natural market. You have all the things that you need to build a business from scratch. Mm-hmm. And you have people who trust you. Uh, you have to look at your, your people who you know, and do they trust you? Mm-hmm. Would they say, yeah, Tom's a trusted person? I would trust him with my finances. The career of somebody getting into this uh, that's not doesn't have a background in finances they're making wanting to make a career change what kind of time are we looking at I know it's somewhat subject to how hard you work how well you close initially you know those kinds of things but that's just a general rule what what's the roll-up time on a that's career a great question um, for the right person um, it could happen quite quickly in a year or two to really grow their business and mm-hmm. grow it quickly. I've seen one. I've got one right now in Scottsdale who is a young kid out of college who's um, growing his business quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are others who don't. And um, it does come down to how hard you're willing to work. And it is the only business, I think, that you cannot fail at if you do one thing. If you go out there and talk to people and ask them for an appointment. Mm. You cannot fail at this business if you go out and do what we call prospecting. You prospect for clients Mm -hmm. and you share your value proposition. You tell them who you are and you ask them for an appointment. Mm -hmm. You cannot fail. Hmm. You cannot fail if you do that. If you don't do that, you will fail at this business. Pretty cut and dry. It's cut and dry. And you don't have to worry about um, your transactions. Yeah. Don't have to worry about a boss. Yeah. Don't have to, because you're your own business. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you work as hard as you want. You make as much as you, uh, your hard work uh, gives you mm -hmm. or, or as little. Um, you help as many people as you can. But you guys got get on the great. Right I've seen, I, I've actually had the opportunity to see some mentoring and tutoring going on. Right. A lot, of, a lot great, of training. A lot of training. Great organization. A lot of training. There'll be a partner who will partner with you and help you run appointments and, and teach you the business and teach you the products and teach you financial advice. Because remember, you're, you, you don't become a financial advisor until a client tells you that you are. Hmm. Right? Well, that's a great That's point. when you're a financial advisor. That's a great point. Right? Up until that time, you're building a business. It's not the testing. No. That, that doesn't it's tell not you. knowledge. It's not it's, huh. it's, knowledge. It's, it's do you have the ability to talk to people and bring them in? It's fabulous. So you'll, you'll work with a partner. You work with my team who do, does all the marketing and helps you market your business and helps you do the things that you won't do because it's hard to do. It's hard to talk to people you don't know. If somebody's compelled as we wrap up here, how do they? Whythrivent.com. Okay. Yeah, whythrivent.com. Take a peek at it. There's a whole section there on becoming an advisor, the career. Um, take a peek at it. Um, if you're interested, you can call our Scottsdale office. And that number is 480-563-1502. Uh, Peter, thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. For questions or comments, please email tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's tom at faithtalk1360.com.